Hello, this is Tim, the lead pastor of Mosaic Portland, and welcome to the Mosaic Portland podcast. We exist to follow Jesus in authentic community for the world. And right now we're gathering Sundays online uh, to worship together and to open up scripture together. And then after that, we have virtual house gatherings that meet all over our city. And the great thing about these is that you can actually join in wherever you're listening from. We think these right now are the best way to be known, to connect with others, uh, and to be on mission together. They're also where we pray together on Sundays in smaller communities, where we take communion together and debrief what the talk was about and engage scripture more. If you want to find out more information of how to be a part of one in this season, you can find out more info on our website, mosaicportland.org. Now let's go to scripture together as we listen to this podcast. Here's what I'd, I'd like to do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for us, and then we're going to do a, a few things together. We've got a, a video that a crew uh, here at Mosaic have made for us, and um, we're going to watch that. And then um, I want to... Uh, share kind of briefly about where we're going this summer uh, in God's word together. Um, And then I've got a new song uh, that somebody has written that I wanna tell you about. So those are three things that we're gonna do, but first let's let's pray together and and then we'll get going. God, we're here with you. You you had this planned and scheduled that we would meet with you and your people um, this morning, and so we're glad to be in, in your presence. And as we sing and listen to others sing, reminded of how you've created us, not just for community for one another, but more importantly, you've created us to attribute to you the worth and the glory that you are worthy of. And so would that be happening in this moment? Would our thoughts, would our words, would our attitudes, would our very beings point to you as the good creator God of the universe? And would we worship you as the one who is the originator and holder of all justice, of all mercy, that you see and know everything that we experience and you walk with us and stay near, that you are a good God who knows us and loves us. And Holy Spirit, we invite you to as you have been all year, that you would work and move, that you would continue to heal, that you would continue to convict, that you would continue to restore, that you would continue to pray with and for us. Holy Spirit, would you work and be working right now? And Jesus, we are here for no other reason other than you. Because of your life, death, and resurrection, we can have life and have it renewed over and over again when we seek you and know you and follow you and listen to your voice. And so Jesus, would you speak to us and guide us and teach us in this moment? It's in your name that we pray, amen. (coughs) Roughly at this point of the year and every year for us as a church, uh, kind of late spring, early summer, we take a moment to to look back and to look forward, to look back and just to celebrate what God has done. Um, Sometimes we've done a partner's party, a partner's and friend's party, a a moment to celebrate. Last year we did it all kind of online and just shared stories of what God has been doing in our midst for the past year. Um, So this year we're gonna do it in a a short video. And so I've got a, and then it'll be posted uh, tomorrow with some more information of of what's going on and you can read more about it. But uh, we've got a team that have put together about a three minute video. And so what it's gonna do is gonna look back and celebrate uh, what God's done and how he's been faithful in the life of Mosaic this past year. So let's watch this together.
a year of challenges, strife, isolation, and loss, the Mosaic family has experienced new and renewed life, new and renewed expressions of community centered on Jesus. This year was marked by significant obstacles, uh, and for many of us, trials. Again and again, however, breaking through the barriers of a pandemic, political strife, natural disasters, we experienced richer connections with each other, deeper commitment with Jesus, stories of hope, and stories of life. We lived beautiful and essential truth of the church. We are better together. As we learned a new way of being the church, we gathered joyfully in homes and together expressed the unstoppable creativity of the Holy Spirit at work within us. As schools went online and high rates of anxiety and depression among students became widely reported, each week our building was full of middle schoolers and high schoolers building friendships, laughing, playing, praying, and worshiping. Friends brought friends, and the experience grew to a reality that we'd long dreamed and prayed for. Each Sunday, parents engaged scripture with their children. They sang songs and did crafts with Sunday stories. As house gatherings expanded into neighborhoods all over our city, uniting our church family in the areas we live in, new leaders emerged who pastored and led through the tumultuous year. We launched an in-person gathering with the women and children at Shepherd's Door. We prayed for parents dedicating themselves to raise their children to know and follow Jesus Christ. People were married, babies were born, kids grew another few inches and even lost a few teeth. Eighth graders, seniors, and college students all graduated. We celebrated stories of new life in Jesus as kids, students, and adults were baptized. The term Houses of Faith took on new meaning as we worshiped in our kitchens and in our living rooms and on our patios. We united around scripture. We ate goldfish and drank juice for communion. And we prayed. And Mosaic, we gave. Diapers, food, money for the survivors of wildfires, care kits for people experiencing homelessness, and flash boxes for foster families. God used us to meet real needs in our city and in our state, allowing us the joy of being conduits of his love for them. While much of what lies ahead remains unknown, we know this, God's plans are better than our plans. We follow a God who is faithful, merciful, and loving. His compassion is unfailing and we're swimming in the sea of his grace. We hear God asking us the same question he asked Isaiah, whom shall I send? and who will go for us. Facing the future, following his voice, hands and hearts open, we respond. Here we are, God. We will go. Send us. That, I, I've gotten to see that a few times now. Many of you are seeing it for the first time. What an amazing story that tells of, of what God has done in and through us this past year. 
Um, There's so many things to celebrate. There is new life. There's people coming to faith for the first time. There's people being baptized. There's, as as you heard, new leaders stepping up and, and, and really pastoring us as a church as we've gathered in house gatherings. All sorts of skills have been utilized to figure out how to, how to move online and all of that. People that research stuff for how to keep things clean when we gather together. Finding creative ways to meet with kids in person when many other options around them were taken away from them. God's done some great things in and through us, and, and we just want to celebrate that. So thanks for the team that's putting that together. Thanks for all of you that have played a role in this past year. And as we turn and look into the future, what God's calling us to, I want to, I want to talk a little bit about where I think God's leading us for this summer. One of the things that, that you heard in that video was that uh, God doesn't, you know, God has plans, that, that God's not making an accent, that this didn't just happen. And one of the things that I, I have come to believe about this past year is that as we've gone to, and you heard this listed out in the video as well, we experienced a pandemic, political strife, natural disaster. I mean, that's like, we know this, right? That's like movie worthy. Like, you can't script that. All of those things happen to the level and intensity that they happen is an absolutely unique year. And one way to respond to that is to say, I'm going to hunker down and get through until we come out the other side and it's done and in the past. And that's an option. I don't think that's the best option. See, I think God wants to do something new and different in the midst of this. And I think he's inviting us to be changed and renewed people through these crisis and difficult experiences. I think God wants to even redeem them in us and do a new work through us. This summer, we're going we're gonna to go through a series and we're, that we're calling Prayers of Renewal. And one of the other things that you heard in the video was that we've seen life and we've seen renewed life. And what we see throughout the story of Scripture, as God writes his story throughout the Bible, we see a rhythm take place. And then after scripture, as the church begins, and we celebrated a couple weeks ago, Pentecost in the beginning of the church, the historical moment about 2000 years ago, we see that same rhythm continue on through the life of the church. And as we come to today, June 6, 2021, and we look back at the recent past, the last 15 months, and ask the question, God, what is it that you wanted to do in this that you're gonna prepare in us for the future? And so as we look this summer at prayers of renewal, We're going to see in Scripture how God is constantly inviting His people to hear His voice and respond to Him and to experience renewed life. And I want to look at just one verse, and you heard it in the video as well, but it's Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8. And Isaiah is just past Psalms. Psalms is kind of right in the middle of the Bible. If you've got a Bible with you, you can open there. It'll be up on the screen as well. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8. Listen to it again. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Listen to that again. Isaiah is writing this, and he's saying, I hear God's voice. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I, send me. Here am I, send me. We ended the, the video with the, with the, with the words, Here we send us. Here we are. Send us. Isaiah is is listening to God's voice, and he's had this experience, and the the, the verses right before that verse, 1 through 7 in chapter 6, before we get to that verse that we just heard, verse 8, there is this amazing and full and crazy and a little bit scary picture 
That's a dramatic scene. And we're going to dive deep into that next week and look at that more closely next week. But a result of it comes out this. I heard God say, who am I going to send? And my response was, here I am. Send me. What happens before that reveals this rhythm that happens throughout Scripture that is God is constantly working out. And it has two parts to it. This rhythm has two parts of it. And the first part is crisis or change or transition. The first part is some kind of crisis or the end of something or some kind of significant change and some kind of transition. Now, we already know this, right? We've experienced that this year. So check. We've got that covered. Crisis is covered. Pandemic qualifies as crisis. In case you think this is just normal life and will go on forever, it qualifies as a crisis. We know this. So much of life has been disrupted and damaged and changed because of the pandemic. We know that. That qualifies as crisis. Political, and I would add social strife that we've experienced and that has been exposed in this past year, of a, a, just as a country, the almost near inability to be able to get along with one another and to have adult level conversations with one another, we've, we've rapidly lost as a society. And a lot of it is, is because virtually every issue that we face in our country socially gets turned into a political debate and then we lose the ability to really process and talk and hear one another. And later on, and all of the other things that we've experienced, political and social strife has been part of our crisis this past year. I listened to a, a graduate recently, a couple weeks, about six weeks ago, graduated from college here in town and said that at their graduation, um, one of the speakers described the, uh, the year as the year of fire and ice. Fire and Ice kind of refers to a, a, a book in a series that um, I think it's uh, Game of Thrones and, and, and there's that. So maybe if you're a fan of that, you know about that. But it, it was this reference to the, the year Fire and Ice. And it's like if you've lived in Portland this past year, that qualifies as part of your year. Natural disasters, Fire and Ice have happened this past year. We know these things. These have happened to us. We've experienced them. Crisis. We're going to look closely next week at the crisis that Isaiah's experienced that has resulted in him saying these words of, here I am, send me. But we've experienced crisis. The second part of this rhythm that happens, this process that happens throughout Scripture is God's presence is revealed and experienced. Crisis happens and God makes himself available. Crisis happens and God shows up. Death happens. Struggle Transition, unexpected change happens, and God reveals himself, and God is present. And after Isaiah experienced God's presence, it is then that he says, here am I, send me. This is this rhythm that goes on throughout Scripture. And what God is doing, he's constantly coming into places of, of death and stagnation and apathy and saying, I'm calling you to something new. I want to move again in you and do a new work and bring new life. I want to bring renewal. We see it throughout the story of Scripture over and over again. We go back to the early pages of Scripture, and Adam and Eve leave the garden. You can follow the people of God throughout the desert. Every time there's struggle, God comes and shows up and reveals himself. You can look even into the, those that first took the good news of Jesus out into the world where there was struggle and death and persecution and martyrdom. God moved and worked in new ways. And the central of all of the story of God is the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, even in himself embodying this death that comes with new life. 
because of the power of God and because of God's desire to move and work in this world. This is the rhythm that we see, and we've seen it throughout the, ch- the history of the church as well. Then when there is apathy, when there is stagnation, when there is struggle, is when God shows up and works in some of the most dramatic ways. We're gonna take a look at that throughout this summer. Look at this definition of renewal with me for just a moment. I've taken a few and I've kind of pieced them together as I've been reading and studying this. It's a little bit long, I get that, but you're gonna get cake in a few minutes, so just pay real close attention and focus. Here's a definition for us to work with with renewal this summer. New life experienced in individuals and communities and cultures. That's a wide breadth. New life experienced in individuals, communities, and cultures. When their lives are aligned with God's presence. When their lives are aligned with God's presence or realigned. Or realigned. When they're aligned with God's presence. And so many of us in here can tell our own personal stories of that. That when our life became off of our own tracks and onto God's tracks. When we left the things that we were pursuing and decided to pursue God above all else, something happened in us. When we met Jesus and said, I'm gonna walk away from the life I was leading, I'm gonna follow you and focus on you and listen for your voice, something happens in us. It's a work of renewal that only the Holy Spirit can do. We also know what it's like to be realigned, to be walking with Jesus for a time and then get distracted or get disobedient or get apathetic and we stray and then God moves us back to himself and we hear his voice again and we begin walking with him again, we experience renewal. But then there's another part to it, that our lives become aligned with God's presence and resulting in the participation in God's kingdom purposes for the world. That when we're aligned with God, when we're hearing his voice, when we're walking with him, then God is ready to use us and we're ready to be used by him for his kingdom purposes in the world. This is what Isaiah means when he says, here am I, send me. I've experienced your presence, God. My life has been realigned with your presence and now I'm ready to be used by you and so I'm available, I'm here. What if, what if 15 months of crisis and curveball and struggle and isolation and loneliness, economic uncertainty, fear for the future, anxiety, were to direct us back to God's presence in such a significant, real, and powerful way that our lives are renewed, that the life of our church is renewed, that the life of many churches are renewed, and God begins to work in a new and powerful way. And we begin to see renewal in our own lives first and then in those around us, and that spreads. That's the story that we read about in Scripture over and over. That's the story we read about in the history of the church. And would that be our history and our story going forward? This summer, we're going to look over and over at ways that prayer connects us to God's presence and that his renewal is worked in our life. Not when we just look at what needs to be fixed out there. We are, we are stellar at that. We are highly skilled as a culture at looking out around us and critiquing what's going on and being critical of what's going on and tearing down and destroying. What if we synced up our lives and our hearts and minds with the one who wants to come and heal and put back together and restore and redeem? That's God's desire and God's heart for the world and he invites us to be a part of it and it starts with us, not with what we can critique outside of us. So would God move in each and every one of us that makes ourselves available through prayer in the coming weeks 
and months. What happens later on in the book of Isaiah, which is this amazing, if you studied it at all, it, wow, it is complex, it's beautiful, it's imaginatory, it's, it's one of the, the most complicated and complex writings in all, of the new, in all of Scripture. It's in the Old Testament. And in the back half, we have these stories that begin to point to a future that says, in the midst of suffering, I'm still there, I'm still faithful. And there's this verse in chapter 43, verse 19, that says this, and maybe you'll recognize this, maybe this will sound familiar. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Listen to these words again. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. In the midst of struggle and strife, in the midst of a wasteland, in the midst of wilderness where, where water is scarce and that's what I need, I need to be able to drink, I need to be refreshed. God is saying, I'm gonna do a new thing. Can you see it beginning to happen? He's asking us to have his eyes for our lives and the life of the world. Can you see that I wanna do a new thing? Do you see that I wanna bring renewal and new life and healing? One of the things that this passage is doing is it's written in the context of a song later in Isaiah, where there's a number of songs, and they're pointing to several things, one of which is a faithful God that even in the midst of struggle and strife, that God is present and faithful. And he is also pointing to Jesus as Savior and coming King, that he is going to show up and take over again. And he's going to do it in the most unlikely of ways. He's going to do it by suffering. And it's pointing to a suffering savior, a suffering servant, that Jesus is going to come. Phil's written a song uh, around this verse, around both our experiences this year and also pointing forward and what God wants to do in the new, claiming this verse and claiming the rhythm and the story that we see throughout scripture, that it would become our story as well. And so here's what I'd like to invite us to do. As this voice, as this verse points us not just to the faithfulness of God in Isaiah's time and in the generation following him, but also all the way forward to Jesus coming. We're going to take a moment to remember Jesus as our suffering Savior who died on the cross, conquered death, and rose again. If you didn't get one of those little communion cups, feel free to walk in the back and grab one in the lobby. Um, they're individual size. If you, if you haven't used this, if you've had your own creative way of doing communion in your home for all these months, this might be a little trickier. There's a first layer that you gotta peel back and there's a little wafer there, and then you peel a second layer back and then there's the juice. And so what we're gonna do is I'm gonna pray. And then when I'm done praying, you're invited to take a moment, reflect, and to take communion, that we take communion together after I pray. And after I pray, Phil is gonna lead us into this new song that he's written. And so let's do this, let's pray, take communion, and learn a new song together. God, again, we claim you as faithful in this place and in our lives and the life of our church and life of this city and life of this world. That, God, you hold it all in your hands. You love us and the whole world more than we can even imagine. And so we claim that love. We declare it here. And we declare that we know it because, Jesus, you died and rose for us. That, Jesus, you came and you lived. That you brought your power and your hope to this world that desperately needs it and we need it now today. And so as we take communion now, Jesus, we rely on you and we claim you and we say again that we need you. 
and that would our lives be a love response to you and your sacrifice for us, that we know that you love us, that you're near to us, that you promise us hope and a future, and that you want to renew our lives yet again. And would we be available to you to do that? 